Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Today on The Real Bottom Line, we have a fascinating interview all about accessing the free money, the grants, the different things that are available to the government and other areas that you may be missing out on and how to get to them. That's on today's Real Bottom Line. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Aria Hahn, and she is CTO of Pocketed Grant and also CEO of Conky. So she's got an exciting, exciting uh, background that we're going to explore, but I would love to hear. So you started out, you have a, you have a PhD. What is that PhD in and how has that led to entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, no, great to be here. Yeah, diving right in. Um, the PhD is in metagenomics and bioinformatics, uh, which means we look at the DNA of the of microbial communities. So whole communities of bacteria that live together. We look at their DNA to figure out who's there, what are they doing, who's doing what, and then you know how can we use that to do interesting things. It's a lot of big data. Yeah, uh, and just a lot of um, there's elements of computer science and of course biology, uh, statistics, and you know, we say DNA is the most natural language. And so you do learn these elements of natural language processing. And then I'm a huge believer in transferable skills and mm. get right into that as an entrepreneur. And so all of these skills kind of make you able to tackle challenges in other fields as well. It feels like that whole process of those two different areas of metagenomics and bioinformatics would have trained you on how to think and questions to ask. Absolutely. I, I think that's really what a PhD does. One of my favorite definitions of science, uh, and there are, there are a lot of them, and there's lots of good ones, but one that I really like is being a scientist or, or you know, liking science is really about becoming comfortable with being slightly unsure about absolutely everything. Oh, interesting. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So there's a lot of research that shows, yeah, now we're just going to get right into controversial topics with you. Ooh, so, excellent. you know, okay. So vaccines, let's talk about vaccines. Um, you know, a lot, I watched all the anti-vax movies, Vaxxed, Vax 2, and I have to say they are super emotional. They're really well done. That is some excellent propaganda. It pulls at your heartstrings in ways that are really, really emotional, and they're really definitive in the way that they talk. And then you get scientists on the other side and things that scientific outreach tends to be really cold. It's fact-driven. It's not emotional. And scientists are taught for years to never speak in absolutes. And what you find with the public is that the public sees absolutes as people who know what they're talking about. And this qualifying language of like, well, most often it's kind of like this. Uh, the, dev the evidence suggests that as you don't know what you're talking about. We see the same thing with climate science as well. 
where you got people who don't know anything about climate science are huge climate deniers, climate change deniers. And they get on there, but they talk in absolute. They're like, look, this isn't happening. They don't know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then you get the climate science on there who's like, well, let me, the data is nuanced. And the data is nuanced, but that doesn't mean we don't know what we're talking about. But that difference to the public really shows that the public interprets that as like, oh, this politician knows his stuff. And the scientist is who is equivocating is less confident. And so this causes huge amounts of uh, anxiety in people. Um, and I get it. I get it. It's a it's a process. You, you do a PhD for years and by the end of it, you're like, okay, I'm just not sure about everything. And that feels okay <laughs> now, uh, but you got to work through that. So super high levels of anxiety and depression in grad school for all sorts of reasons. But I think this is actually one of the, one of the pieces of that as well is it's like a, there's a, that personal journey of, of pushing through those things. I think that's fascinating. And what came up for me, so I did my executive MBA, so nowhere near at that level of what of studies you've done. But I remember taking the intro, like the, the accounting course we had to take before going into the MBA. And that's where they got everybody who didn't have a business background kind of up to speed. And how many people struggled with the fact that you could have two different answers and they could both be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny, we're just talking about different business models that pocketed this morning. and and. Uh, you know, one of the, the junior devs is like, well, can't we just like look this up? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, like, no, like we just have to figure this out. Like there's nowhere to look it up because if someone figured this out, they wouldn't tell anyone because it's how you make money. So it'd right. be a secret. Like, you know, it would seem like it would be something you'd look up, but like you can't. And there's mm. probably six models that will work and we're trying to figure out which one is the best for us right now. And then right. that's going to change. And so how, so now if we go back to the being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, how did, how did that help you when you first started your first business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I was presenting, um, a couple weeks ago and there was a bunch of us there at this big conference and we were biking around after, and, uh, the partner of, of one of the people that I work with a lot asked me, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? And I was like, no, I still don't want to be an entrepreneur. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'll probably do it for the rest of my life, but like, no, it sucks. It's hard. It's stressful. You're constantly worried about, um, you know, when the business is, is, is making money, it's like, oh, well, like it, it never goes away. You're like, instead of being like, I just want runway in the bank for three months. Now it's like, now I need runway in the bank for 12 months or 24 months. Like it just, that bar just moves. And so you're just yes. anxious all the time. You have all this responsibility. If, you know, you want to be a leader who creates a culture and a work environment that people actually want to be at and, and recruit yes. those types of people, then there's a lot of things you have to do well all the time. And they're hard to do, like having a positive culture and making sure that people feel busy and fulfilled, but not overworked and overwhelmed. That's a very difficult balance to, to strike with most people. Uh, I've, I've learned a lot about myself as a manager I don't don't do juniors well. That's my new thing. Um, don't do so what? Juniors. I, like I am a very. I like to be a macro manager. It's like the opposite of micromanager. But yes. I don't know if it's an actual real thing. Um, it is now. It is now. It is now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, but it doesn't work well for juniors. Like they want a task list and they want uh, closer instructions. And I relearned that lesson painfully. So. Yeah, I, I think it's the right place for me. I think I found the right niche for myself, but it's um, continually uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. What, what brought my, you need to be in mind is a, a concept I learned at Strategic Coach, which is how the ideal 
is like the horizon. It keeps shifting forward. Like when yes. you said three <laughs> months versus six months. And that one of the best ways to combat that, to not live in the gap between where you are and where you have said the ideal is, is to focus on how far you've come. So yes. when you look back at how far you've come to today, because you know, you've been doing entrepreneurship now for a while. Yeah. Tell me your three biggest accomplishments. Oof. Um, overall. Okay. Um, well, I mean, Kunki has been around for a lot longer than, than pocketed and it's now like a, a self-sustaining business that gainfully employs a, a lot of PhDs. So I think we have eight yes. PhDs on the team. Um, we have almost no turnover. So just the fact to build a profitable and successful business, um, I'm really proud of that. The the second thing is the team at both Kunki and Pocketed. Um, that I'm definitely the most proud of that of of, any, of anything that we've done, and that's because finding people is just incredibly difficult, and then keeping them and making sure that they can see the vision that you can see and that they want to be there. And these are all people who have a lot of options uh, yeah. and, and then choose to be with you in the trenches that are painful. And it could be easier at bigger companies. And all of those things is something uh, I'm very proud of. And then the, the the third thing is, you know, Pocketed just has this big impact factor that that is really cool. And and it's been it's been really interesting to see all the different types of businesses that come through and the questions that they have. And yeah just so many things. Like I, I was at my friend's house, um, a couple of weeks ago and I went to her bathroom and she had all these Nalicare products. And I came out and I was like, I know the founder of Nalicare and like she used pocketed and she got all this money and, um, you know, her products are amazing. And so it was just that like cool connections with all these yeah. like local brands and, um, and small businesses that really make up the Canadian economy, but just like, I'm feeling this personal connection with them. So that's been uh, really, really cool. Those are amazing accomplishments. I'm giving you the silent golf clap right now. <laughs> That's huge. The fact that you have kind of a self-managing company, that you have great teams. These are amazing accomplishments. When did you realize that team was the most important thing or one of the important things? And what did you do to make sure that you could attract the right talent? I think pretty early on. So like I said, I still don't want to be an entrepreneur. And I would say I got into it kind of reluctantly where my PhD supervisor was really encouraging of it. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, he, you know, he owns part of Kunki and works with me on a continuous basis and, uh, put in the seed funding. And like, he had a lot of vision and, and belief in me and, and the company from day one. And so I think, you know, that was an early signal that who you're doing this with really matters. And mm -hmm. Brianna who drives pocketed, uh, in so many ways, you know, that she is the heart and soul of that company. It wouldn't happen without her. And so again, to be in the trenches with a, a co-founder that is so competent and takes it so seriously, um, but it's still a joy to work with is it, it just, just quit without it. That said, like I've quit everything like a bunch of times a year. And uh, you know, everyone who works with me is just like, nah, she'll unquit in a couple of hours. Like just just give her just just give her a moment. And and it's true. And I I do always um I've never actually quit, but there's like moments where I'm like, I think I'm quitting and I'm like working at Starbucks. That's like always my thing. I'm like, I'm just going to be a barista. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be low stress. Um, but I, I can spell your name any way I want to. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I, that's always, you know, 
it, but I think it's, I think it's therapeutic. I think I just need to sometimes like remind myself that it, I am here by choice and that there is a way out if I actually do ever want that, which I don't actually foresee, but I, it just feels good to know there's an exit, you know, it's like, yeah, oh. absolutely. An off ramp if needed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, when it came to your, you, you know, obviously you had a PhD supervisor for the first one and the second one, how did you meet Brianna and yeah. how did, what was, what were the characteristics about her that made you say, yeah, I want to work with her? Yeah, no, this is easy. Um, so we met at E at UBC's Hatch Accelerator program. We were both there building different businesses. And on the first day, everyone had to go up and give probably a super shitty elevator pitch because I didn't even know what an elevator pitch was when I gave mine. So there you go. Uh, but she goes up and she gives hers and it's on this HR technology. She comes out of recruitment and see more team themes here. She comes out of recruitment. She gives this HR tech company uh, pitch. And I distinctly remember thinking like, I am never going to talk to that woman. Like that sounds boring. Um, but, but as, as time went on, she was really funny and she was asking really good questions. And I started to kind of see more need for some of the stuff that she was building. And so I started trying to sit by her at all of this, this coursework in the accelerator. And, you know, there, one day I had a, a contract open and she was reading over my shoulder, which is like, so her, and she was like, you shouldn't sign that. Like here are all the things I hate about this contract. Like I look at a lot of contracts like this all the time with my other company and blah, blah, blah. So she was running me through it. She's totally right. And she saved me there. And, you know, she was hearing more about what I was doing and we really hit it off as friends. And so at first she actually hired me to build an AI algorithm for her. Mm -hmm. I did with, with my team and we, we built that out and it worked really well. And I was like, I see it. And then the other thing that Brianna brings that I don't have, if this was Brianna here, it would be so much more polished. Like she is just so polished. She's such a pro. She knows the right way to say everything and write the email and see it and when to push, which is always according to her and, you know, <laughs> when to, you know, that when to be impatient and, and when to wait and when to call in help. Like she just has business it just is intuitive to her. And so there's yeah. just so much that I learned from her being on calls and not saying anything to her and, or not saying anything on the calls and just listening to her navigate the different pieces and conversations. And, um, it's something I, I, you know, it's, we've been doing it for a couple of years together and it's something I'm still super impressed with. So it's, um, I still have, I have a lot to learn from her and I'm sure we'll do lots of work together for decades to come. Oh, that's amazing. Now, a pocketed, before we dig into what it does and why everyone should be on it, um, let's talk about, you, you have a workforce that is across the country. And I know we've spent a bit yeah. of time on getting the right team, but now you have a team that you work with. Some of them are remote. How have you managed and navigated that highway and made everyone feel like we're all rowing in the same direction? Yeah, trial and error is the, is the short answer. So I think at first we were doing too many touch points and I hated it. But I also, like I said, I like to be a macro manager and we were doing all these touch points and it was way too much and I was overwhelmed by it. And finally, someone on the team said, I hate how many meetings we're having. And I said, thank God. And so I started asking everybody and they were like, yeah, we also all hate it. Uh, we thought you liked it. And I was like, no, no, I don't. Um, And, and so then... I think we swung too far in the other direction or we like canceled all of them. And then there was not enough touch points and wires were getting crossed. And then we got into a cadence and 
what I'm learning is that there's a team cadence and then yeah. there's individual cadences as well. And so it's about mm. knowing your team and some people want a weekly check-in and some people find that terribly stressful. Some right. people want a three month one-on-one and that really works for them. And so it's really about kind of figuring that out with each individual and then coming together as a team. So I think a couple times a year, it is important to meet in person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I, we found kind of two times a year is, is probably sufficient, but if you can kind of get in the same room and hang out and socialize a couple times a year, that it makes an incredible difference. Amazing. I also would expect that you would have to have a great deal of trust in the people you've hired to be able to manage remotely. Was that, um, was that something you had to work on or is it something that came naturally? Uh, for me, it came naturally because like I said, you know, I tend to be that macro manager and also because I come out of academia where that's just how it's run. So, you know, you might need, you might need a piece of equipment that's worth like millions of dollars and you beg for it and you talk to your supervisor and you write grants and it gets in there. And then it's literally just like dropped off. Like there's just like a box one day and they're like, well, figure it out. And so you'll just like set up this like extremely specific multi-million dollar piece of equipment. You're like, I guess I read the manual and, and you read the manual and, and you make it work. And so I, that type of leadership is the only thing that's really been demonstrated to me where it's like, no, I'm sure you'll figure it out. You're a reasonably intelligent person. Like I, do your thing. Like, it's not like I know how to figure it out. Like just read the manual, ask questions if you need to. So I think that part of it really came naturally to me. Um, and I would say too, hiring is always a risk for sure. Uh, it's always hard. It's interviews are difficult. There's people who are good at interviewing and suck as employees and vice versa. Absolutely. So that's why all companies love referrals. It's like, oh, you know, someone <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk to them first. Uh, so, you know, that's always, that's always a good method, but I also say it comes out in the wash pretty quickly. Like it, it's, I, I don't think we've had a situation where someone underperforms and it's not obvious for an extended period of time. Mm. you know, you start to see differences in what, how often the team is relying on them and how often the team's right. kind of giving them other props and what they, you know, as you're kind of going through the next sprints assignments, are they putting their hand up? Are, are those things getting done? Is the rest of the team like, oh, I'll take that one too, because they know so the person's not going to get it done. Like it comes out so quick. Oh, isn't so, that fascinating? Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's not been something I mean, letting someone go never, never is pleasant, even when it's warranted and you felt like you've done everything you can and, yes. and, and it's still like, it's still someone's life and they're still a person and they can underperform at work, but still, you know, be a be great person. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, and you never know what's going on in people's lives. So right. it's, it's always really, really complicated. So we, we try to do our best and, but it, it, it's, it, it it's not often that that becomes a problem. Your business is making a profit, you're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. Well, let's dig into it. So you and Brianna started Pocketed. What was the pain point that you saw in the market 
that you wanted to address? Yeah. So there's a lot of government funding out there, like billions of dollars. And both she and I separately were accessing it like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Like I think in one year, Pocketed was awarded like $750,000. Like it's a lot of money. And that's we're a company that's zero revenue is just a concept, you know, yeah. like nothing. It, you know, we weren't like even, there wasn't a product on the market yet. Uh, and we were still able to win all these grants. And that again, I think from academia where academia runs on grants, that was just kind of obvious to me. And I, I knew how to do this and Brianna was doing it. And, you know, we... I, like I said, she had hired me to build this thing for HR tech. And I had eventually kind of jumped on board and, and was building that with her. We had pilots in stores in the States and big chains. All, it was going super well. And then the pandemic hit right. and the restaurant service industry got hit extremely hard. So a lot of the companies we were piloting with went from, you know, tens or hundreds of stores to a handful of stores or we're pursuing chapter 11, like all of these things. So we're like, well, this is the wrong timing for this product. So we're kind of having a postmortem, you know, discussing what had gone well and what hadn't and how we've been able to get as far as we did and grants just kind of kept coming up. And so, you know, just being who we are, we invited some friends out for drinks. We were allowed to at this point in COVID, it was like totally legit. And, uh, we, we took them out and we said, Oh, I just want to hang out. But they was a bunch of CEOs who run great companies. And as soon as they kind of sat down and had a drink in front of them, we were like, how much grant money do you use? And one of them, and this was like really the moment for me, he was like, well, not that he gets paid this much, but this is how he thinks about his time. He's like, you know, I think of my time as being worth $10,000 an hour. Yeah. Every time I'm about to do a task, I ask myself, am I getting an ROI for that cost? And I, it's just not true for grants. I can raise faster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay drinks on the table. If I can get you, Brianna and I can get you more than $10,000 in an hour from the bar on our phones. You have to pay for everything. He's like, yeah, you're on. And it was way less than an hour. And I think we had secured him $21,000. And so we're like, no, you can do this. And he was like, I just bought for, and and so that, you know, he total convert, big fan, you know, all, all the things, but he was like, you know, it's still like, I see what you're saying, but for me to do that would not take me an hour because I don't know where to go. I haven't filled this form out a trillion times. Like I, you know, there's still all these gaps. And so we kind of figured out there's no single source of truth for grant funding opportunities in Canada. And there are enterprise solutions, but there's nothing for the individual business to go to. And the government of Canada has It's as high quality as any government website, lots of circular links, but they do have a way you can search some of their programs, but you can't filter them and you can't open them and they don't have the provincial ones and they don't have the private ones and they don't have the, you know, industry. So it's just like, no, you can't do it. You got to look at all these places. The other thing that happens all the time is there are these grants that are first come first serve basically. So it's like, if you're eligible and basically everyone is eligible, if you're running a business, you have some payroll, like you're eligible, but they're first come first serve. So some of these things will fill up in two days. So if you miss it, sorry. And so that was another thing. And so we're like, no, we just need the system of alerts to tell people like, well, historically this opens in the next couple of weeks. So get ready. And then when it opens, like they needed an email in their inbox that moment that says like, yes, now it's today's the day, like fill this out, get your name in there. Yes. 48 hours later, that thing's going to be closed. And so we're like, oh, we could build tech for all of these things. And so we did. And, and. You know, Brianna and I are both female founders, which is a term we both hate because it should just be founder. We shouldn't have to qualify it. It's like one of my dreams is to make a bot that on Twitter, every time someone uses the words like boss babe or like mompreneur or 
female founder or CEO is one of my least favorite, um, that it tweets back like CEO and like dadpreneur, just so people can like hear how that sounds to the rest of us. Um, but you know, so I say female founder, you know, reluctantly, but it's relevant to this, unfortunately, but you know, women get less than 3% of VC funding. So you're trying to raise venture capitalists. Good luck. Yeah. Can you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But just expect that you have to be a lot better than your male counterparts. There's a lot of research to support this. You have to talk better. You have to have more confidence, but you can't have too much confidence. And like, it's complicated. You read the research on this and it's just depressing. So, so, yeah, the, the line is so ugh. specific. So specific, right? And so it's like, well, you, you know, and then you look at things for women of color and it's like, it's absolutely shockingly terrible. And so, you know, we both thought, well, we want that to change. And, and you know, we're going to do our best to make sure that changes you got to have some other opportunities in the meantime, because that, that stat hasn't changed in over 20 years. Yeah. And you think, oh, you know, it would change over 20 years. No, finance is, you know, a slow moving industry. So it's, I'll be excited if in another 20 years, it's double. Right. Right. Like, so you got to expect that change to be really slow. At least the skeptic, the skeptic part of me does. And so it was like, what can we do um, to get around that? And, and so pocketed really, one of one of the goals or our vision really is to remove financial barriers for all entrepreneurs. So we're really trying to democratize access to this funding. And, and so we do that by putting it in one place and making it accessible and filterable and, 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 and yeah. sure up to date and, and all of those things. So it, it's a, it's an impact that's close to our hearts for sure. It feels like it's a lot about curated knowledge, like in just awareness of, Hey, you can have this. You just got to get out there and and do it. And here's, here's the map. Like that's what's missing yeah. is the map. Yes. Yes. It's like so many times when you're really small, one of the, one of the like types of programs you can almost always qualify for are wage subsidies. Yeah. And really small companies and new entrepreneurs, like, I don't, I don't want a wage subsidy. And I'm like, no, no, no. You have to think about this differently. You have to, you told me you had a marketing problem. You wanted money for marketing. Well, there's no grant out there. It's just going to give you cash to do marketing, but you can hire a marketer for 30 cents on the dollar yeah. and get that person to do your marketing for you. So don't think of it as like a wage subsidy, blah, 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 blah. Think about it as solving that problem that you just told me you have. And so yeah. we've started, it's one of the things I think we got wrong in the first version of our platform version two is now without where you can now filter by, I want to fund a marketing project. I want to do innovation. I want to find money for founders like me. So a huge misconception. We hear this all the time. Like, oh, there's so much money out there for female founders, for women. No, it's like less than 3% of our database and a fraction of the amounts in our database. There's actually very few grants that are available only to women. And, and so we tell people, I mean, sure, look at them. There's a filter if you want to look at them, but don't hold yourself to the lady dollars. Like go after all the dollars. They're the same. They're gender neutral. So, so, you know, we, we're big proponents of, yeah, changing the platform, thinking about the project, thinking about the problem you want to solve and then looking for the program that fits that and oh, not, amazing. yeah. So that, that's kind of, and we're trying to build that into this version of the platform as like part of the pedagogy of it, where you don't actually have to know that, but everyone, you know, can say, show me grants that fund, and then pick from a list of things that we know are the things people want to fund and click there and then see what's available for that. 
how are you using your AI background inside yeah. Pocketed? Yeah, so I like I am an AI ML skeptic. I think in <laughs> which is I know people oh. are always just like, oh, oh really? artificial intelligence machine learning. Yes, and machine learning. Yeah. I think that in many cases where we're using it, we don't need to be. I like, mm. you know, it's by definition a deterministic problem. So there's no need to machine learn this. Um, so I so you know, deep fakes are getting better, some writing's getting better, like all these things are getting better and better and better, but they're not perfect. So I think the way that we see AI and ML being that is useful is in doing natural language processing on previous winners. So like, how similar are you to people who've won this in the past? Like, yeah. and are we going to give you a score? No, but can we give you kind of an idea, something on a scale? Yes. Mm -hmm. so we don't want to give you an actual probability because we can't guarantee that. Ultimately, Pocketed does not award the money. The government agency or delivery agent does. And so there's a human in the loop there, which, you know, adds all sorts of nuance. But we can tell you how similar are you to previous winners, which is usually a pretty good indicator of, you know, how well you're going to do. We can, for some things, not all things, um, write some content in an automated way with, with right. AI. So we can say, okay, you know, we know that people are going to ask these types of questions. We can kind of get you a head start on that. Is the text going to be perfect? No. But is it no text? No. You're starting with, you know, basically complete text, the kind of you edit and, you know, which is a very, very different task for almost everybody to edit something that's pre-written than start from a blank page, right? Way so much easier. easier. So much easier. Yeah. So we can kind of do those things. I think where it gets to be really technical documentation it's, we're, we're not there That's yet. Not happen, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. You need a human in the loop. You need an expert there. But for a lot of the generic questions, wow, we can learn this stuff. That's awesome. I, I used to do grant applications uh, in a previous lifetime. And there was always this point where I'm like, I can't answer this same question a different way this time I need. So I would have to pass it to someone else to go, you need to take, you need to answer this because I know I've answered the same question already three times. So yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all going to look the same and they don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. How can I add some variety? So it sounds like I'm paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As those types of things we can absolutely do. And, you know, this also means that we can automate some applications, um, yeah. at least, at least largely automate them. And so instead of it taking hours, we can make it take minutes uh, where again, you're just editing and it like, gets auto-filled and you copy and paste and you edit a little bit and you're kind of done and you sip your coffee and listen to a podcast and, you know, we call it our application wizard yep. and, you know, kind of did, did a lot of the work for you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't so painful. Right. We've also found it's like addicting to people. It's like, once you get the first one, you're like, oh, this is real, you know? And then they're like, well, what Any else more. can I do? Yeah. What, what, what's more, what's the next one? Yeah. Uh, so, and then people kind of get the hang of it. And it's funny because our lawyers said that too. They're like, yeah, we find that people either like don't do grants or they do all the grants. And we're like, yes, because once you get it, you're like in it. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Um, when it comes to your company, how do people work with Pocketed, right? So just to, so in case you're just listening and don't get to the show notes, the URL you want to go to is hellopocketed.io. You get there, I'm brand new to the site. Aria, what do I want to do? I'm going to sign up. Uh, it's free to sign up and make an account. It takes, we've timed it so many times. It's like three minutes. <laughs> and so you need to give us a little bit of information about your company. We call it your grant profile. 
Uh, and that allows us to match you with programs you're likely eligible for. Mm-hmm. So does eligible mean you're going to want everything? No. Uh, one of the examples of this is there's a, there's a grant at BC that will cover the cost of an awning for your house. And like a lot of people are eligible for it, but like, it's a very specific person that really wants this awning grant, you know? So it doesn't always mean that you're going to want every program on there, but then that's why we've categorized things and we do recommendations for you and you can get curated lists from us and all of these things. But so we also made a really conscious decision that no, we don't want to not show people the awning grant because we, we just had a client, for example, who manages, it's a nonprofit. Uh, and we mostly work with small businesses, but nonprofits are welcome on the platform. It's the database is growing every day for nonprofits and who runs uh, some housing, some low income housing. So she wants that awning grant, right? She's like, that's fantastic. If I can get awnings paid for on all of my properties, like that's, that's awesome. So we never know exactly when those kind of like esoteric grants might you know, spark something in someone. Yeah. So we don't want to hide them, but we also don't want to flood you with them because most people match to close to a hundred opportunities at any given time, oh, yeah. which is, it's overwhelming. And so we're working really hard to get that down to recommendations on this is what you should apply for like now. And this is what yes. you should apply for next month. And these are ones that, you know, feel free, explore, look around, maybe something in there will like spark, you know, an idea or you'll see a need for it. But we try to take the information that you give you and make that as easy and simple as possible. Yeah. I have a new thing that just came up. It's my, my, it's my grant GPS. Oh yeah. No, I like that term. We're going to steal that by the time this pot, when, when is this going live? Cause by the time it's live, it's going to be like, Oh, you can go on and you're going to see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see a compass and be like, Oh yeah, we always had this grant GPS. That's great language. Right. Because I think that, um, I know I've shied away and I've gotten the emails that said, Oh, Hey, you should get this, uh, directory of all the grants. And, and when you, you spend hundreds of dollars and you get this and you're like, Oh man, there's really no information. I still have to do all this research to figure out which ones I can go for, which ones make sense, all that type of stuff. So it sounds like you're doing a little, you're doing some of that work for me. Yeah, that's the goal. And we're, we're adding more every day. So we call it pocketed intelligence uh, insights. So yeah. if we know, because we've done 50 of these applications, something about it, our users can see that. So they can, yes. you can see the insights and be like, well, you know, they really like to fund projects that meet these criteria. We also have keywords. So it's like, well, you know, past winners, successful applications have really had these words in them, right. um, you know, or if we, so they're, if we can't find those, then we mine, and this is another place for, you know, natural language processing, we'll mine everything that they've ever written about themselves and put those keywords there because those can make a huge difference. If you're a reviewer and you're going through hundreds of applications and your, this is an example I always use, your grant is for newcomers to Canada. If people are writing the word immigrant, 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 they're not going to get it. Like just use the language that the, yes. they're looking for. And so we try to make that kind of stuff easy by giving you these keywords. Like this is how they describe themselves. This is how they see themselves. Use these words. Yes. Don't use a synonym. Use these words. So we give you keywords for all the grants. We give you these insights that we have. Uh, we're pulling in, th- those are getting improved and added to every day. So it's one of the things we're really working on as a team. We're trying to do all of that. And then that final piece that now we are offering is this, okay, so you have a hundred matches. What should you really be doing today? And of those, if, if there's three things you should be doing today, what are ones where we're like, yeah, you know what? You could do that on your own. Like it's worth it. And what are ones where it's like, you know what? 
no, this one's really hard and complicated. And you should just hire an external grant writer to do this because it is really big. And here are typical pricing models for that. And we can show those to you. And then you can say you could opt in or not. Of course, it depends on a whole bunch of things. But that's one of the other things we got. We get asked all the time. It's like, well, I talked to this grant writer, but I don't know if that's the, like, is that a normal rate? Is that what I normally right. should What kinds of things are done on success fees and which aren't? And and we always say, you know, small grants can be done on success fees, but large grants that are worth millions and millions of dollars, you don't do that on success. Like, absolutely not. One, it's higher risk. The, the bigger the amount generally, right? It's, yeah. it's going to be higher risk. But two, imagine you get a, 20, a, a $20 million grant. You are not going to pay your grant writer 20% of that. No, like, you are not. You are not. So there's this, you know, because everyone's always like, I just want to do success fee. And I'm like, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. Like some things, yes, do success fee, but some of them pay hourly. You'll pay way less. And it, even if you only did a, f- a few by paying someone, at least then you have some language to use going forward. That's exactly it. And that's another thing that was something I don't think we anticipated, but the amount of people who want, they wrote a grant. And now they want a grant expert to review it. So they don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a grant writer, but they're willing to spend a couple hundred dollars to have a grant expert look it over, make suggestions, proofread it, it, like all of that stuff. So now that is something that we're offering is grant review. I love that. I think that's amazing. Aria, what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you that would help entrepreneurs and small business owners? Ooh, well, definitely make an account. Definitely make an account on Pocketed. Uh, it is free to make an account and, you know, you'll see lots of options for you there. Use the referral code ARIA, A-R-I-A, you get special perks and unlocks extra things. And selfishly, we also have an internal um, competition where it's like how many people use each of our names. And so it's funny because whenever I record with Brianna, I'm always like, use it, ARIA. It's, it's easy. It's four letters, A-R-I-A. So definitely the referral code will help you. You'll get discounts, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so keep that in mind. We also do office hours four days a week and they're free to attend. So that's the other thing is if you're kind of on the fence, you have questions, you want to talk to someone, you're not sure if you should upgrade to one of our paid plans or keep the free tier, go to office hours. They're free and and talk to a granting expert there. And that has been, they're really well attended typically. And you also get to meet all these entrepreneurs. And so you find out they have the same questions as you. These are totally normal questions. Always makes people feel good. So we really encourage people come talk to us, ask us questions. Like we're really here to help you get those billions of dollars, like for your company. Awesome. Well, Aria, thank you so much for your time today. And I think the real bottom line here is go get the free money. Exactly. Yes. That's the bottom line. Thank you for having me. Love (laughs) it. Thank you so much. Wow. There was just so much learning in this episode. Do you want more? I have a special offer for the right entrepreneur a complimentary one-on-one coaching session that is all about you, your business, and your goals so that you can accelerate your business and start to accelerate the growth of your network. Head over to wealthcoachwithwendy.com. There you will find a letter that kind of outlines all the details of this offer and also an application form. We have an application form because there's such a limited number of, of slots that we're opening up for this that we want to make sure that the people that um, uh, do are successful in getting the slot, we can make the biggest difference with. So head over to wealthcoachingwithwendy.com and apply today. Thanks.